Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Live Wire debuts right now with Fiddy leading the way. Go ahead, Fiddy. What you got for the first soundbite, Josh Fiddy Marlowe? All right, guys. So this kind of came out at the end of last week, but y'all saw the, the comments that Sean Payton made about former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator in Green Bay. He's now resurfaced with the Hall of Fame quarterback with the New York Jets, right? Y'all, y- y'all saw the comps where he said it was the worst coaching job in NFL history? Sean that we did. Yep. W- went after Nathaniel Hackett, and then Aaron Rodgers stood up for his boy. Yeah, he did. And here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the comments made by former Saints and now current Broncos head coach, Sean Payton. Those comments were very surprising. Um, to For a coach to do that to another coach, my love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. and. It made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Well, I mean, a lot has been made about this. I've seen things the last couple of mornings before I drove in here about this and people are not getting excited and saying that, oh, Aaron Rodgers is turning over a new leaf. And I mean, he has the nerve to get on there and say that from a guy who throws his teammates and coaches under the bus more than anybody I've ever damn seen to cover up for his own mistakes. I don't want to hear anything he has to say trying to protect his coach and trying to down Sean Payton. I hope the Broncos beat the brakes off the Jets when they play him uh, to make him look silly. Like I said, he's up here just trying to get on somebody else for doing something that he's done for so long, so I don't want to hear get Aaron Rodgers out of here. Well, here's my my thing about Aaron Rodgers' comment is I don't think he's right in the sense that Sean Payton is trying to cushion his downfall if it were to happen with Denver, because what he said was it was such a bad coaching job last year that it's clearly easy to win with this group of players. So if Sean Payton does not win at a high level with this group of players, then he will be on the same level of Nathaniel Hackett, who he just roasted before the season even started. So I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is right to say it's his own insecurities. He's trying to cushion any downfall that he might have. That's not how I heard it at all. I kind of agree with him, though, in the sense of what is Sean doing? Just let Hackett go be unsuccessful somewhere else if you think he's this awful coach. So I agree with him in that part. I just don't know if that's the, the message that Sean Payton was trying to portray. The thing is, if Sean does come in win a lot of games, especially in that division, by the way, where we expect better things from the Chargers, and you know the Kansas City Chiefs reside there still. If he comes in and makes the postseason, 
Sean is going to be pounding his chest. Something serious. Yeah, and you already know. It. And this is a guy that won a lot with the Saints organization. Granted, he had Drew Brees, but he took a guy that a lot of people thought uh, was going to be finished after he had that shoulder injury in San Diego playing for the Chargers, man. So I think that Sean Payton, I didn't have a problem with what he said, and I think everybody knows it. That's why Nathaniel Hackett got fired after one year. This is my favorite exchange on the text line so far. Granny Pat wrote in, Aaron Rodgers is full of doo-doo. Wes said, tell him, Granny. Both those exclamation <laughs> points. Fantastic exchange. Fiddy, what else you got? All right, so a, a big talking point this, this summer has been the state of the running back position, how it's been devalued by the National Football League. Well, over the weekend, Colts star running back Jonathan Taylor he requested a trade, and uh, the Colts owner, Jim Ursay, a guy that's been known to make himself appear stupid in the media, well, he did it again over the weekend. I mean, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that. The national football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who, who comes and who goes. Yeah, you know, and, and it's a privilege to be part of it. And now's the time you know, for us to do our work. It's now is a time as an organization and, um, you know, players that are, you know, 24, 25 years old, now is the time to seize the moment of greatness. And, and uh, um, look at, uh, you know, both Jonathan and Quentin Nelson. I don't mind saying it. You know, they're two guys that have a legitimate chance of making the Hall of Fame. But there's a long way to go to get to that. A long way, you know. Um, but 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 the talent's there. And, and you see the magic and the special talent. So um, we just have to go forward and, and um, help cultivate that talent. Well, some people are born in advantageous situations. And Jim Irsay sounds like one of those because he does stupid thing after stupid thing in this Right here, he just said something very stupid. Uh, you don't treat arguably the best player in your organization uh, the way that he did and just say, well, if he's not in the league anymore, nobody's going to care, man, just because the guy wants to be compensated for the production that he's put up for this organization. This was not smart for him to say. This definitely shows that you don't really care uh, about your players. They're just pawns in the grand scheme of things for you. And uh, just add it to the list of uh, unfortunate things that Jim Ursay has done in his tenure. He's the next owner that's going to be forced out, right? Like, like the NFL just got rid of Dan Snyder. He's got to be next on the list. <laughs> I think Jim Irsay is a fascinating character within football lore because he's also on the right side of history in quite a few topics. But also, you have these comments about how if I die and if Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, the league moves on. The problem is the league has not seen the league without an Irsay in it for a very long time. Right. And so this guy, I mean, his whole life is built upon the National Football League, whether it be the Baltimore Colts or whether it be the Indianapolis Colts. And then he steps in to, as you mentioned, an advantageous spot with nepotism surrounding, I mean, oozing out of the pores of the Indianapolis Colts organization. The problem is, man, you've actually seen some pretty smart decisions made by this guy over the years of him being the owner. It is very 50-50, whatever you're going to get. That's why I don't think he's going to be forced out. And what's hilarious, speaking of one of those right decisions, he was the guy that was in front of the let's get the bleep Dan Snyder out of the NFL movement. He was the guy. He was the one that was championing all of that, and that's absolutely the right decision. Not to say that he doesn't say stupid stuff, because this 100% is really tone deaf. 
really tone deaf. And then he's like, seize the day. Like, it's just a bunch <laughs> of nonsense. Ridiculous. How, how are they going to seize the day? You want them to have a great season. So even me, a guy that thinks I'm a little bit wary about paying running backs, even me. You're going to say seize the day and then give this guy a vet minimum contract or move off of him like you did with Marshall Falk, like the Colts did with Marshall Falk in his prime and then yep. trade him to the Rams. They've been in, they've been in front of the running backs don't matter movement for a long time. You know, they even drafted Edron James. They move off of him before he enters the twilight of his career, goes to the Cardinals, and then they win a Super Bowl after they move off of Edron James. And they've been out in front of this movement for quite some time. Fascinating, dude. All right. Well, because that happened over the weekend, that prompted the media to ask rookie first-year head coach Shane Steichen, does he think he'll get the chance to coach Taylor this upcoming season? Shane, as you guys plan, are you expecting JT to play this year for you? Yeah, right now he's on this football team. He's on this football <laughs> team and when the medical staff clears him, he should be out here. What a coach answer. Well, I mean, right. yeah. Yeah, this is. Is I, he on a football team? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what JT would say either. This is this is the problem, too. When Jim Mersey opens his mouth and then you have a side-by-side -side press conference with Jim Mersey and Chris Ballard welcoming interim coach Jeff Saturday, who hadn't coached a game in his life on any level. And anytime Jim Irsay talks, you can see Chris Ballard. He's almost like pinching his side behind the desk because he's in so much pain. He just wants to think he any in about anything else. He wants to be anywhere else besides that press conference <laughs> while Jim Irsay is answering some of the questions as to why Jeff Saturday is the head coach. Now Shane Steichen is doing that as he is the permanent head coach of the Colts, at least in, you know, until whatever win-loss record comes their way. Now he's having to answer for the owner. Anyway, yeah. I, Jim Irsay, he really is really interesting on a lot of accounts all right we're gonna finish with a soundbite that might that might start a whole topic on tomorrow's show but this morning on get up mike greenberg unveiled what quarterback he think will be he thinks will be the next superstar in the in the national football league i would like to take a moment to remind you of a young man that i fear you may have forgotten once upon a time he was the number one prospect in his high school class he was a spot ahead of trevor lawrence then he threw 67 touchdowns and nine interceptions in college and led his teams to the playoff both seasons that he started. Of course, you know who I'm talking about. He's Justin Fields. And it's understandable if all those things have slipped your mind based on what has happened since. In two NFL seasons leading absolutely terrible teams, he has won just five of his 25 starts and he has fumbled, been sacked, or intercepted 140 times. That's the most of any player over those two years. It's been so unsightly that some people thought the Bears should have used the number one pick this spring on a new quarterback. Well, let me tell you why they didn't. Because starting in week seven last season, while he was running for his life and throwing to a receiving core that can at best be called pedestrian, Fields had the fourth best QBR in the league, behind only Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. The people of Chicago have been waiting all of their lives, like a century plus, for what they are finally about to have. Write it down. Justin Fields is going to be the next superstar quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I'm with this 100%. Write it down. I've, I've said before that this guy's passing uh, acumen when you talk about what he did at Ohio State, what he was coming out of high school, Justin Fields as a passer first. And a lot of people are getting the narrative twisted just because of the numbers he put up last year. Didn't have a receiver over 500 yards or four touchdowns. Their best receiver last year was Cole Komet 
who had 544 yards. He now has DJ Moore. Uh, they fortified the right side of that offensive line when they uh, signed starting guard Nate Davis from the Tennessee Titans and got Darnell Wright in the first round of the draft, and his tape was nasty, 10th overall to be exact. So they shored up that line. He's got a decent running game. He's got some receivers now. I think we are certainly about to see the best of Justin Fields. He was sacked 36 times in 12 games played his rookie season. He was sacked 55 times. It led the league in just 15 games he started last year. And he had 17 touchdown passes, only 11 interceptions. I do think Justin Fields is going to be a good player. I do. And I feel confident in his talent. Finished ninth in the MVP race last year. Top 10. Interesting. I know you can point to the media getting that wrong if you want to, but also was putting up some pretty interesting numbers there. Really like Justin Fields. Hopefully that offensive line with the help of former Charlotte 49er Nate Davis. Hopefully they can uh, uh, get things back on the right track in Chicago. That'll do it for the Live Wire.